0: Kimberly here. This is Macabish. Cults, classics, and horrors. We're talking films, series, books, and life. We're starting right now.
1: I started on the whole TV show. Is there's this person by the name of Rick Roberts? I don't know if you know who that is, but he's been in like several small budget movies mm-hmm. for young directors and stuff like that. And a couple of uh, major motion films, but they were just small parts, like standing wise, no speaking lines or anything like that. Mm -hmm. The suit is actually a Johnson County Sheriff's Department suit. Um, I guess basically uh, they couldn't afford their own, like, the show's called Fifth Hall. Right. Okay. And it's about like uh, these FBI agents come to a small town where there's kidnappings of several girls. Mm-hmm. And the whole entire time, there's like people that's twists and turns. And in the TV show, my first experience of actually Starting to film for the TV show, I was nervous, so nervous. I did I don't even think I even I don't even think I slept that one night because we had to do some shoots
0: mm-hmm.
1: at the end of the road here going towards West Bandler, Kentucky. At by that time the road was closed off because there was a big old ship in the Blacktop next to the railroad. Um yeah. Got up in the morning and, like, really didn't know much about acting, honestly. Just basically, they just gave us a few lines and stuff like that. As far as I know, I don't think the director's been doing any callbacks on the TV show because the whole COVID situation. Right. And I think the last time I talked to her was... They was shooting a couple scenes over here at the Ramada Inn in Painesville, Kentucky.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they needed a voice box changer, you know, happily obliged. And I said, what kind of mask do you want to go with it? And they said, we don't need a mask, we already got one. Okay. okay. Um, and as far as like acting was. I don't know if you know who this person is or not, but you ever heard of a person called Robert Boyd Holbrook?
0: No, I don't believe so.
1: Okay. You know, like the Hatfield-McCoys and.
0: Uh, oh yeah.
1: Logan and okay. the new mm-hmm. pre- Predator movie. Right. His birthplace, I don't think. I don't know if he's going to like me talking about this, but. I try to I try to keep in touch with him as much as I possibly can, not aggravating wise but his advice was he was born in Prestonsburg, Kentucky, which is the next county over here, which is called Floyd County. Mm-hmm. And uh, at a very young age, I, I've already read up on him, at a very young age, he like, did construction work for Jimmy Wiley Theater, mm-hmm. and I guess he has a, a little bit of a rough time here and there, he got, like, a few offers and was working, I think, if I can try to remember, he was working in a department store at one point in time and saw his, one of his favorite actors and asked him, like, how can I get into the stuff that you get into? And the guy flat out told him, just, I mean, prospectively would say that just do what you got to do, probably. And he ended up getting a modeling career and did a few uh, classes. And I think the last time I actually talked to him about anything, he told me to go try to be down towards Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh-huh. Because he said, if you want to get anywhere in this life, just try to go down towards that way because they got some good schools.
0: I would think going where the opportunities are to make sense and I don't mean just like going to California either because like I've told you before I I live here in Central Texas there are so many movies and TV shows always being filmed here it seems like everywhere I go where, where my family lives always like I can't even go get barbecue because somebody will be sh- filming a scene in there. I can't go to the park because somebody's filming something in there. My family have a shop over in Lockhart. can't go in there because you got uh, actors and, um, you know, the people who are always looking for, for props in there loading up because it's a thrift store. So I would think, I, and I'm not discounting schools at all. Everybody should learn whatever their craft is. But I would think going wherever the opportunities are, because we, we know they're always looking for stand, stand-ins, especially local people, because it makes it look more natural. Well, and I mean, any kind of, I, I would think any kind of connection there, even, you know, because I think it's like so many other things. It's about who you know, who you interact with. Those connections, making you know, being memorable in some way, so they'll think, oh, that guy. And I know you're t- you're telling me that you wanted to get rid of your accent, but that accent may be what makes people remember you. It's like Lucas Black, right? You have a th- thick country accent. Yeah, you don't hear Who's many that? of them, but that's what that's what sets you apart.
1: He was born down in Louisiana. Oh yeah. As far as I know.
0: Yeah, but there's a and, lot uh, of known actors and actresses that have Southern accents and keep it, because there might be more stuff coming up where you know the Southern accent might be in trend. You don't want to lose yours just in time for the trend, right? Yep.
1: Believe it or not, I think the last thing I saw, uh, filming-wise. Over tw- you know where Van Lair, Kentucky's
0: at? I do. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, that is the birthplace of Loretta Lynn. Yeah, country yeah. music star. Uh, we was actually sitting around waiting for everybody to show up, so we were on haunt the haunted house, and there's these three people that came in with a camera and a sound guy, and mm-hmm. we're like thinking, what's going on here? Are we are we being punked? Where's Aston Kutcher? You know?
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was actually a film crew for HBO documentary.
0: Right. That's how I know yeah. about that place. Cause I, saw, I didn't know if it was a documentary or like an interview. I saw something on Loretta Lynn. That's the only reason why I know where that is.
1: Completely honest. Growing up, uh, where my well, I should say my mom and dad now because where I was adopted at age six. Uh, they showed me the movie Coal Miner's Daughter at first. That's I didn't a good movie. It is.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: had no clue who Loretta Lynn was. That's alright. And we, I mean, we got a lot of famous people here in the small town, too. Like we got a, we got Loretta Lynn, Crystal Gale, uh, Chris Stapleton, Mm-hmm. He actually did a bit part uh, singing wise on Saturday Night Live with Adam Driver's guest host.
0: That's pretty cool. So do you just want to like act in movies? Do you want to make them? Do you just want to like stick to horror? What is it you want to do?
1: Believe it or not, um, I have a pretty good idea. You know that oh. song I sent to you to called Lord of the Lost, but Credo. Oh, yeah. That gay... I mean, I don't know why, for some reason, but I've had this brilliant idea for a zombie movie. Mm-hmm. But with the... I mean, with the way the world is now, I mean, you gotta take risks, you know? Yeah. Maybe people will like it, maybe they won't. Um, But I figured having... I've been just like trying to puzzle it in the in the mind here right um, if anything, it would probably be it would be a horror movie, mm-hmm. but it would probably not the type of horror movie anybody would ever expect to someone to
0: make okay
1: um, the timeline would be set back in when the slaves were freed right and the uh slave trade, Uh but there would be a twist. There would be like this young, black, African-American woman who practices voodoo. Okay. And she is so good at it that she becomes the queen of voodoo. And she comes across a spell that raises up the dead of her fellow (laughs) African-Americans to take out revenge on their slave owners.
0: Ooh, that's good. I like that. Uh, and you know I that, already like historical horror, especially with and zombies? Oh yeah, I'm there for that. That sounds great. And like,
1: <clears throat> I had another idea at one point in time, there'll be a, a werewolf movie.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The ending, I would say it would be based, like, what's the word? Like, there's this scene where this one guy is running through the woods, arm to all the pieces, trying to run as fast as he can back to a cabin. hmm Goes into the cabin, closes the door, lashes it really quick. And behind him, he tries to get to a shotgun or a pistol it's all right. he thinks it's motor, up. Yeah. And the yeah. werewolf busts right through the door and the uh, cloud covers the moon and the man that's a werewolf transforms back into a man. Yeah. And it's one of his yeah. best friends.
0: You need to write Assume. this stuff down, like for real, like a whole script. Just start stacking up scripts. <laughs> that's what you gotta do. Because that's sure. the beginning, right?
1: Yeah. Well, it's actually the ending. I thought of it. And right. uh, the guy covers himself with a blanket, and his one friend looks at him. He's all tore up and stuff. He goes, white. Right. In the beginning, he uh, went to a foreign land and he came across a creature. Didn't know what it was at first. And it bit him. And he came back. And then he started acting differently his keen mm-hmm. senses were so high smell sight, hearing right. and shortly after he found out his wife was cheating on him mm-hmm. so like you gotta think like, if his wife's cheating on him he can, and he's got this ability why not use that to his advantage right and he invites after the werewolf attacks he invites all his friends for uh, like a memorial in mm-hmm. the woods, and he takes them out one by one. And while the guy's talking to him, he tells him why he did it. And just as soon as the cloud goes back over and the moon shows up again, he transforms back into the world. And here this guy's fumbling, trying to get to a shotgun or a pistol. And shortly after, he gets to the pistol, fires it, nothing. And gets ah. the gun and the shotgun. And just as soon as he tries to grab the shotgun, the screen goes black. And all you hear is a click. Nothing comes out. And that would be when the whole screen would go black. And all you would hear is flesh being torn apart and the man's screen in the background. And that would be in the end of the movie. Okay. That's
0: what I'm saying. you got to write that stuff down you know, keep it all straight in your mind, and as you build it up, you don't want to forget anything. And also, if you ever get the opportunity to make a movie, you know, people want to see something written down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, there is, like, I try to, like, think of, like, something and let's just say this much. I'm a confident man. It's just Living in a small town, nobody knows this place even exists.
0: But that's good. Use that to your – you know how I say I love indie movies. I love small budgets. I love micro budgets. I love movies that, that people have pieced together with a cell phone. I love those because that's where some of the most genius stuff comes from. It comes from having no money, no opportunities. Really, you just have your vision. You have whatever camera you have. You have your buddies, and you make it happen. Some of the most phenomenal movies I've ever seen have been movies like that. You just have to change your mindset about it and use what you what right now seems like like puts you in a really bad position. And make it and take it as a challenge, right? The like fact the that nobody knows where, where where you are, that's perfect. You could be the person to put your little town on the map. Who knows? And not, not knowing a place is what keeps things cost-effective too. See, when you start trying to make movies in places with a name like New York and Austin, Texas and, and Hollywood. It's expensive. That's the reason why these big budget movies they go to places like where I live, outside of Austin. Like all around Austin, somebody's always making something. Just Walking Dead in Georgia. They go places where it's cheap, and they get like tax benefits for for making the movies there. Going way over to uh, Ukraine because it's cheap. So maybe you make it more little shorts just practicing making little shorts where you are you might you might become known for making little horror shorts out of your your neck of the woods next thing you know you might have industry people moving out that way because they're starting to see something there's a a vision there maybe they didn't know because it is nowhere maybe it's beautiful I mean, don't, don't under, don't underestimate natural beauty of a location. Cause that's, you don't have to pay for that. You just record it and get the right, the right people in front of it with any kind of acting chops. Maybe all your little horror shorts just had you in it. That could be cool. Just test some stuff out and see what happens. it will be exciting. For sure. And then just, just see where it goes. I've, in my life, I have learned doing anything will spark something. Doing nothing sparks nothing. True. You, you'll, be, you'll be surprised how far you can get just trying different things, even if you think it's just crap. You just never know. You got to go for it. What's I've there? opened
1: in this town all my life. It's small. Right? Distinctive. Faded memories here and there. Uh, it, it was a prosperous town, but anymore nowadays, it's it's okay, mm. but it's just gone straight to hell. Pardon my French on that part.
0: But, <laughs> but that's perfect for a horror movie, though. Do you see that? Like you don't even have to like build a set. Just find a dilapidated building. It already looks like hell. It's already scary. Now all you need is to set the scene and get an actor yeah. in there. That's perfect. And I'm telling you, let me tell you something. When I say there are movies and series being made around here, I'm not talking about the nice places in Austin. I'm talking about, like, where my people come from, there was nothing, a whole lot of dying pounds. Now because the movie industry has come, All of a sudden, everybody wants to be around here. But before that, really, 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 really cheap cost of living, a whole bunch of dilapidated everything was dying. But that's why the people were making the movies came, because the environment was so beautiful. And they used a lot of these old, rotted-out old buildings as a backdrop for a lot of horror. And now all these towns that were dying are coming back because all these movie people were here. Now everybody's flocking this way because this is where they're making the movies. Right. So take advantage of it because I'm telling you, if it's at all scenic and especially because, you know, people who make horror movies, we know they don't have any money. We've seen enough horror movies. We know. They're looking for beautiful places that already look like the set of a horror movie. You might be in prime horror movie location. Take advantage of it. Use it to your benefit. Make little shorts and load up your social media with it.
1: True.
0: You might Very have good. something there. You, the only reason why you're over it is because you live there your whole life. That's what happens. We get stuff. But like I said, my people have been here forever. We didn't see anything special about it. Next thing you know, camera crews can't go anywhere now. Somebody always setting up for a scene. Look, through, look at it through fresh eyes of, like, a movie maker. You may start seeing things that before you were just like, whatever, crappy town. You might start seeing a scene for one of your, your, your movie ideas. Pretty much. <laughs> and then just piece it together. See what happens. If nothing else, you'll be on your way to doing what you want to do. Maybe not in the scale that you wanted to do it, but there are a lot of people, you know, horror fans know, some of our favorite movies are movies made from people who are like big now, you know, Wes Craven and all of them, but the, the movies that they made first, those beginning movies, the really bad ones that were terrifying, part of the reason why they were terrifying, that location thing was horrible. They were bad, and we love them. You want to be that guy, you find your success, and then people are, like, chomping at the bits to get a hold of those movies you make yourself in your small town that you think is a pile of crap. That's what you want. That's, that's where cult classics come from. And then people like me digging stuff up on on real the first movies.
1: I do love the history of this place. Mm -hmm. I do. And most of all, honestly, it's like it's a small town where Mm -hmm. everybody knows you. The one thing that actually sparked my interest with uh, I don't know if the question came up about, but throw it out there. My love for serial killers. H.H. Mm-hmm. H. Holmes, Lizzie Borden, Ted Bundy, Jeffrey Dahmer, John Wayne Mason, okay. Ed B., Jack the Rifford, The Phantom Killer, the Zodiac, Richard Ramirez, Elaine Warnos,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Golden State Killer. The reason why I love those is because it's not, uh, everybody in this town thinks it's weird to you know, like serial killers. But the only reason why I like it so much is because it's a good start. Mm-hmm. Plus it gets you think like, why people do that kind of stuff? What drives them to actually kill? Even the, even the like the uh, Gainesville Ripper, that mm-hmm. that's what that's what got the inspiration for Scream. Believe it or not, right. that, uh, screenplay, the screenplay, uh, the person who wrote the screenplay for it, he mm-hmm. got inspiration from mm-hmm. house sitting at one of his friend's house, and he's watching the documentary of like what if like somebody was in the house. And they called, and he had no way to reach out to anybody or anything like that. And then he saw his documentary. Like, this one guy got caught. from oh, He was, I think was a teacher. If oh, I'm not mistaken. He got uh, caught, and he killed some college students.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: guess he little, had a little step up in his pep. If you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and like the strangers, those was actually based on two actual murders. Right. One was from the Charles Manson family, and the uh, other one was basically there's cabin. I think it was back in the '60s. There's these people that killed a woman and several kids, and it's just like the back history. I like like look, looking into the horror movies, see if there's any like history of or inspiration for directors, like it's mm-hmm. based off of real life murder. Mm-hmm. Like, believe it or not, we had one. Well, it was probably before my time. The book that I showed you, Murder in the Mountains.
0: Well, maybe that could be something you could do, like investigating serial killers, or even if it's, like, a movie about that, so it doesn't have to be all factual, so you can fill in some gaps. But people like those, too. I mean, I love those movies. They're not the favorite, like, on Instagram. You know, people like the most extreme, the goriest, the most disgusting things. They don't really seem to like, you know, thrillers too much or, Serial killer stuff too much, most is incredibly graphic. But I really like that stuff because I, I love documentaries anyway. So you put a documentary with something that's scary, I'm there. The
1: Murder in the Mountains book by Michael Chris Mur- Muriel Baldridge. Muriel Baldridge. It was basically, yes. Okay. A beautiful, beautiful young lady. Okay. The way the book is set is. Back in the 40s, there used to be a festival in Prestonsburg, and there's an old Prestonsburg bridge. And mm-hmm. believe it or not, how the storyline goes is, um, shoot, what is it? It's basically a cold case that has never been solved, even in Prestonsburg. It's like laid on the shelf since the 40s. Yeah. How I read it in the book is, like, I think Prestonsburg was a coal mining town at one point in time too, mm-hmm. and her family lived in a house beside the railroad tracks on the riverbank. River she went to a festival, and then, uh, her I guess, in a way, I read it, and it took a while to read, or more, not for me, but a little bit. Her friends all went on ahead to go home. And she went by herself, crossing the old Crescentburg Bridge. Met a stranger, and sure mm-hmm. enough, I guess she put up a fight. Because in the book, it said that she was severely beaten to a pulp. But she literally uprooted a peach tree. And those suckers mm-hmm. are hard—pretty, pretty hard to get up out of the ground. For us.
0: Oh yeah.
1: I guess it was probably yeah. small, but in the book, like the family investigated, there was there was sorrow, sadness. They even called mm-hmm. J. Edgar Hoover in for the FBI to come down to investigate. They investigated and interrogated numerous amounts nice of people, and I'm not thinking like maybe like. It's figuring out who did it, if there's a pattern, you know? Right. And I didn't know the people or anything like that in the book itself. Mm Mm-hmm. But you might be surprised. Like, there's,
0: like... Well, with the technology we have now, she she was beaten and not, like, shot with, you know, a gun. We are closing cold case files all the time now, like really old ones, too, where, you know, they're um, so old, everybody's dead, but they still, they, you know, they get the DNA, and then they close it, and then that's the end.
1: uh, Here in these two towns, in Floyd County and Sowersville and Johnson County, we don't have, I don't think our police department has the budget to actually have DNA swabs or semen or hair follicles, eyelashes, spit or anything I like
0: that. I think I believe there's a group that does it by grant and they just kinda I and I and I know that because I they there's a show on T V about it and it seems to be like an international thing. They look over files and they look at the ones that have the most information and if there's any kinda, of, you know, old clothing with possibly genetic material on it. And then they'll do it, and it seems to be a national thing because it's always it's just it's not in just one location. So if anything comes up in your neck of the woods, I'll I'll like send it to you so you can see it. It's actually very fascinating. The technology's gotten so good; they're like bringing out like scraps. Like you're just like, good lord, that piece of material is sixty years old. Are you gonna get anything off of that? And they do because the technology. They've been waiting. For the technology to be good enough after all these years and almost every single time it ends up being the person they knew it was but they didn't have the evidence
1: no
0: and, and every what... once in a while it'll be somebody just out of nowhere but it's usually some somebody who was like passing through town or just got out of prison something like that that yeah. had nothing to do with that person this is the number one place for macabish cults classics and horrors for synopsis reviews and news go to macabish.com thank you for listening signing out until the next one